December is here, and you know what that means. What's good, you candy cane cum guzzler? December is here, and you know what that means. Ho, ho, ho season has arrived. Put on your Rudolph pasties, pop your peppermint pussy, and sit by the fireplace with some hot chocolate if you want to get rawed under the mistletoe this Christmas ass. Send this to 15 of your sluttiest elves. If you get zero back, you're an ugly Grinch. If you get five back, you're a sexy snowman. If you get 10 back, you're a bad Jingle Bell bitch. Share in 69 seconds or you won't be getting dicked down in 2016. When you said, and you know what that means, I was like, oh, we're doing a nostalgia critic thing. And then it was just a chain email. It's a shame that I couldn't pronounce the emojis. Hi, my name is Amber Autumn, she, her. And I am the Stelastic Fucknasium known as Prince Devin, he, him. How's it going, everybody? This is original podcast Do Not Steal. You might notice uh, the title of this episode doesn't say Inuyasha. Fortunately, the bad news is that we are not doing an Inuyasha episode this week like we promised for two reasons. The first being that there were logistical issues in getting in our guests for the Inuyasha episode, so that'll happen sometime in the future. Um, the Inuyasha will happen someday, not soon. Um, and the second is that we are doing a little, a, a little Christmas season special. Where we are, we're, we're jumping in the line. We're doing two episodes that are going to be, I don't know if I want to say unrehearsed, that we're not both going to know what they are going in. I don't know what this episode is going to be about right now. Devin is going to do a dramatic reveal in a few moments where he tells me which episode it is. Uh, what the episode is, and he's going to pick something that he thinks that I would like to do an episode on. And then next week, we're going to do one that where I choose something that I think Devin would want to do an episode on, because we're giving each other presents, because we love each other and shit. Uh, isn't it adorable? Merry isn't it Christmas. so fucking cute? Merry fucking Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. It's not snowing, so I'm not feeling... I keep forgetting Christmas is happening. I live in California. <laughs> Uh, we're also so we're also jumping in line for this like this this is getting recorded right now five days before it airs um which is way way shorter than our usual like three months before it airs so we've seen the future and can do some fun uh time travel shenanigans like saying hey sorry about that john wick episode three months from now when i'm totally fucking out of it i was depressed by which i mean i will be depressed for you in the future Time travel, you know what I mean? It's I a time travel gonna, episode. I was just gonna say we could actually be topical for once because I'm not I'm not gonna rant about fucking Star Wars Eclipse on your episode. But I'm gonna do it because fucking no, god totally. damn it. Like <laughs> I'm going to see. I, shit, I should have gone to see Spider Man before doing this recording. I'm doing it like immediately after this recording. It'll still be relevant when it comes out, but like. I saw Spider Man. I. <laughs> God damn I saw it. it opening day and it fucking ruled. I'm so excited. Ah! I, but but yeah. we had to get back in and, and record that other episode. But yeah, do you want to? Do you just want to hop into it, Amber? So our original podcast is a podcast where every week Devin and I take an original con or a, a, a franchise property IP and we make an original character in that property. And this week, what the fuck are we doing, Devin? What are we talking about? Well, Amber, after getting your list of things you didn't feel comfortable covering yet, I came down to two decisions. So you get to pick. You get to pick your Christmas present under the tree. Aren't you a good little girl? So left hand. Don't call me a right good little hand. girl on on fucking on air. 
Ah, you're, a, you're, a, you're a good little girl. A sassy dame. Stop it. A baby. I hate my good time boy. No, it's because it's horny, Devin. No, Devin, it's because it's horny. It's the horny thing to say. I am incapable of attracting anything that is not a sex drive crazy sub, so I end up calling you meaner things than that when I'm performatively horny in the bedroom. This is getting way too close to flirting on air. What are we talking <laughs> about today? Again, Amber, left hand, right oh. hand. It's a big decision. It's going to change a lot about my next, the next 45 minutes of my life. It's, like, tough, because, like, on one hand, like, I could go left hand for, like, the political bent of it, but I am, like, right-handed, so maybe I should go that way, but, like, maybe, like, I have to consider the psychology that you're putting behind this, like, all I have to do is divide what I know from you. Are you the type of man who would put the poison in his own goblet or put it as far away from him as possible? Well, I'm going to go with left hand. Left hand? Left hand is for legendary journeys of Hercules and Xeno! Oh my god! <laughs> Merry want... Christmas to me! Would, would you like to know what the right hand was? Um, yeah, do it. Maybe I'll steal it for an episode in future. It was Reboot. Oh, God, I'm going to steal that for an episode in future. Oh, that's a good pair. Aww, you love me. I you notice do. the things that I like. Oh, my God. Okay, now I'm going to just get actually emotional. Um, hmm. Okay, so, uh, okay, so Hercules the Legendary Journeys. And Xena Warrior Princess, obviously this is going to be a me episode. Obviously this episode is going to be me talking a lot. But I also know that you've seen some of both of those. So do you want to start before I just, like, keep fucking talking for an hour and not shutting up? Yeah, I'll just do a little brief my history with it. Because I feel like you, A, know more and will be able to explain it better. But uh, it was a show that my mom and I would watch. And I would just catch desperate episodes of it. And I was always like, this is fun. And the one I had was the animated movie. And I watched that to death. And we're the Titans, we are strong <laughs> is in my brain. We are the Titans, <laughs> we are strong. Boom, shaka, laka, laka, boom, shaka, laka, laka, boom. Boom. That's forever up in there. Um, Absolutely. And then eventually. Uh, when I lived with my grandpa for a period. It's called, like, the Heroes... The Heroes Network? My Michiana, the Heroes Network will just play random episodes of shows, so I caught a bunch of episodes of Hercules and Xena I hadn't seen before, and I was like, oh, no, this show is... It's it's a fun time. Xena's fucking nuts. It's, it's a show where you cannot say, well, that's unreasonable, because I saw Xena die and go to biblical heaven and hell and start... <laughs> The war between the angels <laughs> yeah. and the demons just to yeah, get that's a girlfriend right. back. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so Hercules Legendary Journeys and Xena Warrior Princess are a pair of sister shows by showrunner, executive producer, uh, Sam Raimi. Which um, tells you who, everything you need to know about the show. Some of you, in case you don't know who Sam Raimi is because you're not, like, you know, a fucking film nerd or, like, you know person who used to be a pretentious guy when you were a teenager. Sam Raimi is a famous film director who did most famously the Evil Dead movies. Um, so Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. 
and the Spider-Man movies. So that's Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3 with uh, to- with Tobey Maguire. That's all a, that's all a Sam Raimi project. Uh, before that, Sam Raimi worked on these two TV shows um, about Hercules and his legendary journeys starring Kevin Sorbo, which is something I imagine you're going to have some fun with because you're the one who like knows things about like right-wing weirdos on this show. I imagine you have some kind of a Kevin Sorbo take on you just filed away for reference. That's one where once I found out, I went, no, because you're still Hercules in my brain and that hurts. I'm not- <laughs> Absolutely. No, I like... Honestly, I feel the same. Like the character of Hercules is like they it's it's very much a Captain America situation where they just make him like uncritically, unironically, uncomplicatedly good and very little of his like internal tor- turmoil ever has anything to do with like his moral goodness. They make him a a superhero, a character to aspire to, a character who always tries to do the right thing and and inspires us through that. And the conflict of the show comes from him having to like deal with pain or uh like make choices about how best to protect the people in his life and his his boyfriend Eolus. and and so it's yeah it's Yolas. uh and so it's weird that kevin sorbo is this weird conservative man who starred in god's not dead number one because he believes that god is not dead and so yeah hercules legendary journeys it's a six season tv show that starts with Hercules, um, Hera has just killed his family, and he is not quite too happy about it, and so he is roaming around the world, trying to, like, put a stop to the gods doing evil shit. And, of course, the, like, the lore and the mythology evolves over time. During season one, he crosses paths with this, uh, evil warrior princess named Xena. Queen um, of the lesbians! <laughs> And Xena is, like, a villain, but he beats her. It's, like, a two-parter. And she was, like, so fucking popular um, that they gave her her own spin-off show called Xena Warrior Princess, which also ran for six seasons and followed Xena, now, uh, like, sort of a dark mirror to Hercules, reformed, um, but definitely, like, having a lot of bad shit that she did in her past and definitely, like, a lot of darkness still around her as she tries to, like roam the world atoning for like the shit that she has done in her life and and she travels with also a companion named uh named gabrielle so you have hercules travels with yolis his best friend and xena with gabrielle and so they're like they like parallel each other in that way and the show is like oh god how do i fucking describe the tone of this show um it's kind of a live action cartoon in a lot of ways the fights are all very, like, arch and and very, very cheap-looking. There's a lot of styrofoam. There's a lot of shitty effects and, like, funny cartoon sound effects when people get punched. And, yeah, people, like, do ridiculous, crazy stunts. Xena has her signature weapon is her chakram, which is, like, a little metal frisbee that she throws and bounces it off of a bunch of objects um, and people. And it is, it is of course, a blade, but in the show, it just, like, functions like a blunt object, right? It hits people, and they go, oh, and they get, like, thrown back because it's a cartoon. And she, like, will bounce it off of, like, a dozen objects and then catch it in her hand because it's cartoons. Because it's cartoons in, like, a, in, like, a moment-to-moment way. But, of course, you have the effect where, like, the longer a serialized form of storytelling goes on, the more they want to, like, take their conceit seriously and take their world seriously. Over time, the story arcs get, like, bigger and more serious and more dramatic. So you have, like, some major characters die, and then, like, 
some of our major characters, because this exists in a world of, like, Greek mythology, right? Have to, like, travel into the underworld or wherever and, like, play out a lot of those stories and, like, kind of take some of the stakes out of death, but, like, but also in a lot of ways it doesn't. Like, Yolus dies a lot of times in that show, um, and sometimes it's like, oh, Yolus dies for an episode and then they bring him back, and sometimes it's like, Yolus dies in a season finale and, like, this time, maybe Hercules doesn't have his easy way of getting him back, and we, like, see his fucking mourning and his, like, deep, painful hurt. Like, there's a challenge here where Hercules, of course, wants to get him back, and we've seen him do it before, but, like, but like his options are more limited this time, and we actually don't know whether it's going to be able to happen, and that, like, uncertainty is, like, a horrible, painful thing for him. Both of those tones kind of exist alongside each other in a way that's, like, really um, exciting and interesting, is that they can... Um, they can they can have fun in their moment-to-moment storytelling while holding the stakes as being like true and important and and a part of it. I don't want to like oversell it as being like a masterwork of like audiovisual storytelling. It is not. It is a good time, and I absolutely have watched all of it. Yes, including the animated movie. Is that canon? Does that count? I don't know. To say something that no one will understand, it is of the same level of quality as the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. You're right, I don't understand. That one's just for me. Uh, adventures of Briscoe County Jr. was Bruce Campbell in a Western. It lasted one season, and it's uh, it's like Hercules and Xena. That's awesome. That's a great pitch. That's a great pitch. The deal with the mythology in this, the deal with the world... It exists in the world of Greek mythology, right? And so, of course, you have, like, a lot of instances where you do storylines that, like, reference all of the classic Greek myths, right? There's an episode where they meet Pandora and they deal with the box. Some of the gods are recurring characters. Some of them are not. Like... Ares. Right. Ares is a major recurring character. Um, Apollo shows up, like, a little bit, like, right at the, like, sixth season of the show at the very end, and never before that. Aphrodite. Uh, Aphrodite. I love their take on Aphrodite. It's such a good take. Aphrodite's dealing this. She absolutely is, like, a hot blonde woman, um, with big tits, who walks around in a bikini and high heels in a way that is totally anachronistic and fun. And she's absolutely, like, a valley girl- California girl, like, um, hello, like, uh, sort of a vibe about her, which is just so refreshing and fun. And also, she's a major character in Hercules. One of the things that's exciting about that is that she is Hercules's half-sister, and so they, like, kind of don't do the thing where Aphrodite is, like, totally hot and sexy to the main character. He's not attracted to her her at all. She's his sister. Uh, and he is and, tired of her godly shenanigans. Right, and she's like a messy fucking bitch who keeps like casting love spells on people and like causing relationship problems. And he like is really fucking annoyed with her all the time, but he loves her because she's his sister, right? And that's like, yeah, that's the dynamic. It's a great take on Aphrodite. Could you stop trying to fuck Eolus? It gets weird, and then I have to deal with horny Eolus for like a <laughs> week because your love spells take forever. Oh to my wear off. god. Oh, she fucks with Yolas all the fucking time. They play pretty fast and loose. Um, like obviously, all of the all of the mythology takes that they adapt are adapted, right? They're like changed to suit the story. Um, and also, they will sometimes incorporate shit from other mythologies. And also, like the timeline is all over the place. They will have um, 
everything from like interactions with like ancient Mesopotamian shit that was thousands of years pre ancient Greece through like a lot of like yeah biblical stuff um a lot of biblical stuff and a lot of like roman stuff went to hell biblical christian hell (laughs) there's like this whole thing where like xena has a fling with julius caesar like the whole like a long story arc where xena and julius caesar have an on again off again they do the ides of march they do the whole of the thing over the course of the season it's great I have a question, because you've seen all of it. Does Hercules ever fight Gilgamesh? That's a good question. Let me... Here's the thing. I watched a lot of this in childhood, and there is a lot of this show. If he ever fights Gilgamesh, it's not like a... It's probably just like a a monster of the week sort of a situation. I'm going to Google it. Yes. Yes! Yes. Looks like... Also, he's a a demon in in this as well. God damn it, of course it is. Remember how they super recast Ares, and then he's got that shitty beard, that shitty awful goatee, and the most punchable face? I love their Ares. I love him. He's great. Um, he's, he's such, such a like great. a he's such a like a prissy bad boy motherfucker. Absolute like like main impression. Jacket. I'm like 11 years old. I have like an older sister who's like four years older than me. At the time, I think she's, like, grown up, but she's just a teenager. We're watching Hercules the Legendary Journey at some point as a family, and she remarks that Ares is really hot. That's, like, my main impression of Ares is, like, hot if you're 15. Um, (laughs) That's so appropriate. Oh, remember when he loses his powers for a day and he becomes a farm boy? (laughs) Love Ares. Love Ares. So that, more or less, is Hercules, colon, the legendary journeys. And also Xena, colon, warrior princess. Which I feel like I've been talking about less. I also, I do want to acknowledge the gay overtones that we keep referencing. None of it is canonical. But it's very intentional subtext, especially with Xena and Gabrielle. There's this one particular episode that I remember really well um, where the gimmick is that they're doing a documentary on on Xena and Gabrielle. They have they have Ted Raimi playing a, like a documentarian who's following them around to make a documentary about them as they go about some like normal monster of the week type shit. And they're just like doing their fighting warlords or whatever. And Ted Raimi is following them around with a handheld camera. Um, and it's anachronistic and kind of cute, and no one comments on the fact that it's anachronistic, because of course you don't comment on that. That's the conceit of the episode. It's fun. And then the way that they end the episode is that the documentarian character goes like, okay, now, listen, Xena, Gabrielle, I gotta ask for the fans at home, are you two lovers? And they, like, g- give each other a meaningful glance, and Xena's like, what do you think? And Gabrielle's like, I think we should tell him. And Xena's like, you think so? And Gabrielle's like, I think so. And Xena's like, okay, so it's like this. And then the camera dies. Um, the documentary <laughs> camera runs out. That's how they end it. That's um, perfect. Which is like, like, it's queer baiting. It is, and it is and it is making a joke out of it. But it's also like, they're doing their, be- they're gay. Xena and Gabrielle are gay. And that's about as close to confirming it as I think they were probably going to get. Yeah, it's, you also remember, it's fucking, it was the style of the times. When, when did these shows come out? They're like the fucking 90s. Um, 
Yeah, I wish so I had something more you fucking, specific You switch over to WWF right now, and the whole storyline is Roddy Roddy Piper is calling Goldust the F-word, and we're all booing Goldust. So, like, you know, 90s. Rewatch Clerks, a lot of F-slurs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that there's not a lot of those in contemporary Kevin Smith work either. Jersey so, Girl! I actually really like Jersey Girl. It's I a hot take. Joke. I love the joke in Kevin Smith reboot where it's like, yeah, we're remaking Ger- Jersey Girl, but from the perspective of the girl, and I'm like, I'd watch that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, it definitely should have been. I mean, it's like, it's hashtag problematic in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I Whatever. Um, I'm hashtag problematic in a lot of ways. I don't care. I mean, uh, I, I lived it in high school. It's the, it's the foundation of our friendship. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, there's a lot of colorful side characters in the franchise, so it's a really rich grounds for it. Oh, we, we gotta um, talk about Bruce Campbell at least for a we, second. Oh, absolutely, we're gonna talk about Autolycus, the Prince of Thieves, of or thieves. King of Thieves, I don't know if I'm gonna remember. I love Autolycus. Yeah, we're just gonna go through a couple of side characters so that we can get the gears turning and also, like, have an understanding of the kinds of characters that there are in this show, um, in these shows. So, Autolycus, uh, is a recurring character who, like, makes appearances in both shows. Um, he crosses over between both of them. He's played by group Bruce Campbell, hamming it up just about as much as he can. He's a Seahawk sort of a character, right? He's like he's like a guy who is like extremely flashy and performative, and that's like the thing that we like about him. And uh He is a theater child who wants to be the main character so bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, you pair that onto the gimmick of, like, and he's a master thief with a heart of gold. Because, of course, he has a heart of gold. He's the Han Solo character, right? And he definitely, like, wants to steal all the powerful stuff, but he also will, like, help them when there's, like, a demigod running around causing problems in the town. Uh, what a fucking queen. I love him. And a terrible mustache. Oh my god, I love his terrible mustache. It's so good. He, like, he like plays with it. He'll, it's, he'll like, do the thing where he, he pulls along the tip, like, <laughs> like that way where you do when you're fancy or whatever. <laughs> oh, I just, uh, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi have to be the best friends, and every time he's directed him, you know, he's just going, come on, I know, you can, you can do more? Come on, come on, Bruce. And Bruce is like, oh, I'll show you more, Sam. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, every Sam Raimi property, there's, like, two actors who show up all the time. One is Bruce Campbell, who's in fucking everything that Sam Raimi has ever done in a, as a bit part. He's the guy in, in Spider-Man 1 who goes, the hue and spider, that sucks. Welcome the amazing Spider-Man! And then in movie 2, he's the one where uh, Peter goes to MJ's theater performance, and he's the bouncer who's like, oh, your shoe's untied. Also, no one will be seated after the show starts. That's Bruce Campbell. And the other actor who shows up all the time is Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother, who is... He works at the Daily Bugle in Spider-Man. He's the guy who J. Jonah Jameson yells at a lot. He is one of the major characters in Xena, and his name is Joxer the Mighty. 
Um, and Jocks of the Mighty, Jocks are, occupies a very similar place to Autolycus, where, um, especially in the first couple seasons he shows up, he, like, thinks of himself as, like, the world's greatest warlord, and he's here to, like, challenge Xena, because he thinks of himself as, the, like, the world's greatest warlord, but really he's, like, this dinky, pathetic little idiot who can't do anything right, and that, like, overconfidence mixed with incompetence is, like, funny and where the joke comes from. And then he becomes, like, a member of the core cast. Like, he becomes the third party member with Xena and Gabrielle. And then, of course, over time, they give him a lot of pathos. And you, like, grow to understand this, like, guy who, like, grew up in, like, a warlording family. Who had, like, a lot of this violence and shit projected onto him. And, like, he had to, like gradually like really really work to try to unlearn that and like he grew up in a household where he was like really really picked on for being like a dinky little beta male cuck in this house of like alpha chad warlords and like the shit that does to a person and the way he's like has trouble expressing himself now and all of those you know the things you expect out of a drama lightning round that fucking guy whose name escapes me right now um who's like a who's like a merchant who like was originally going to be sold into slavery, but they saved him. And now he like is this like charlatan guy who the, like really the, wants the, money. The, and the, the fat guy in the purple. In the purple yeah. Guy. What the fuck ah! is his name? I know his name. It's going to drive me fucking crazy. <laughs> I love that guy. He's great. He's great. Um, He's like shmarmy opportunist. Yeah. Salmonius, Salmonius, that's his name. A Sal fucking Monius. Uh, there's this guy who they keep meeting on the road um, named Falafel, who keeps serving them food, mostly in Hercules, occasionally in Xena, but he's just like everywhere. And they go and he's got a food stand and they get the food and then it makes them sick. And that's the joke. And he just shows up every few episodes to do that. Callisto? Oh my god, Callisto? Absolutely one of the hottest women Callisto starts out as a Xena villain. I mean, she continues to be a Xena villain. Callisto is Xena's Xena, right? What Xena was to Hercules, Callisto shows up in the um, in the first season of Xena as a two-parter, being like, I am another evil warlord lady. You have ties to like my warlord empire through your past, and I'm going to show up to haunt you. And also, I'm going to be wearing like a leather bikini, and it's all black, and she's fucking crazy. Her, that's like that's like the main thing is she's doing the Joker, and she's got the Joker smile. She's so good, absolutely top tier villain, and I want to have sex with her. I don't know who else. Gabrielle is Xena's assistant. She's bookish, but then learns how to fight with a quarterstaff. She's got this whole thing about, like, pacifism and nonviolence and, like, when it... And, and like, yeah, and not killing people. And there's Eolus, who we didn't actually talk about, who's Herc's best friend, who's, like, the brash hothead one um, who always wants to rush into danger. I'm going to give you a sec to think about some more so you can just ignore this, but I just remembered that I brought up that they super fucking recast Ares... But the first time Ares showed up, he's played by motherfucking Reb Brown. Shout out to Reb Brown. Shout out to Steve Werewolf Bitch, aka the Howling Two. Shout out to Repub uh, Shout out to Robo Commando. Shout out to some fucking barbarian movie I can't think of, but I'll probably remember by the end of this fucking Beastmaster Two. No, he's not in Beastmaster Two. I can't remember the other Reb Brown movies, but shout out to motherfucking Reb Brown. Yeah, that's right. I love you, Reb. Oh, Reb Brown was the first Captain America. That's the one. That's the one, baby. He was the first to don the shield, and it fucking so was awful. God, that 
no budget. Just Rev Brown driving around in a motorcycle being sad. So, oh my fucking god. Um, uh, sorry, I was about to switch topics to be like, I'm ready to pivot into character making, but I just saw the single most fucking sapphic image of Xena and Callisto. And, like, Callisto is on her knees in front of her, and it's fine, and I feel normal. Um, Cut back to me being like, oh, Amber, aren't you a good girl? And now you're like, on knees. I'm horny live. I'm horny on air. Everyone can hear it, and it's Christmas. Uh, You have to be nice to me. (laughs) Happy holidays. Enjoy this one in your ear holes, looking at your relatives who annoy you. God. Okay. So... Yeah, so making a character, I guess one place that we could start is trying to identify some kind of a myth a myth that like hasn't been tapped by the show at some point already, which seems like a little bit of a losing proposition if we try it with like Greco-Roman stuff. Could totally be feasible if we went for like a different kind of mythology. If we did like and a Nazi character? I'm pretty sure we already did one of those once, though, didn't we, right? Um, First episode, baby! Here's I like your idea, but here are my two pitches go. that I had immediately go for in my it. brain. Um, one was we could be super self-indulgent, and we could just flash cut to our Greek mythology, how we do episode, and then introduce those characters in Hercules and see how <laughs> Hercules would turn those characters into something different. <laughs> I also like the idea of, like... The Titans, I think, only exist in the animated one. Helios is just the sun personified. What if he had a son who was farting around and you get to have a fun demi-Titan god person futzing it up with Hercules? Those were my two ideas. I do like yours just bringing in another mythology and how to... Yeah, that's the fun. It's like taking a mythology and then how do you Sam Raimi cartoon that shit? What does hell look like in Hercules' legendary journeys? There is hell. Um, no, also... I mean the goddess oh yeah yeah yeah. h-e-l you do love the goddess hell h-e-l you are really drawn to her i love loki's half corpse daughter i love all loki's freak ass babies there is a helios character in hercules the legendary journeys apparently he shows up in exactly one episode sorry they they called my bluff they really they really you name any fucking thing and they've done it I don't really want to do just a, a, a redo of the first, or of, of the Greek mythology, how we do Greek mythology episode. Fair, yeah. That is a almost self-indulgent, almost to the point of parody on the Christmas episode we made for each other. <laughs> who are some other actors who are Sam Raimi staples? Oh, fuck, I'm not. I'm not going to have a good answer for that one. That's okay. I'm saying it as much as anything else for myself, but we can, like, come up with, like, Spider-Man characters, right? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Absolutely, we can just borrow Willem Dafoe for something. Willem Dafoe is going to be great as whoever we cast him in. And Willem Dafoe would have a great time doing a Herc and Xena character, actually. Oh, yeah, he would. Uh, what? What? God. Fucking any of them. Fucking any of them. Uh, He's uh, gotta be I, like a I, like a demon or a warlord or something, right? I fucking I want to see Willem Dafoe as Poseidon so bad. I don't I don't know if it needs to be here, but just somewhere I want Willem Dafoe to be king of the sea. <laughs> yeah, Poseidon's 
kind of a weird one because like there's this bit in the opening to Xena in the like theme song where she like shouts and holds her sword up at a big water guy with a crown and a trident and you like assume that that must be Poseidon but then he doesn't actually show up until like season six when they like recreate that scene for some reason so his main appearance in the franchise is as like a big cg water guy hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking google some stuff for this and so at the risk of getting a little too close to your how we do greek mythology Scylla and Charybdis did not show up in this franchise at all. I was gonna say, what's Poseidon's Cyclops' son? What's his name? Polyphemus. Oh, that was a oh, damn. You had that. What if he had a brother, and that brother was Willem Dafoe? Like a Jesus brother Bob sort of situation, where you have like a like a character who specifically doesn't show up in the myths. And, like, feels shitty about being less famous than his famous brother, Polyphemus. That's more fun than the take I had. But So, yeah, let's go with that one. Okay, <laughs> Willem great. Dafoe, Willem Dafoe's mad. His stupid Cyclops brother gets glory. Is Willem Dafoe also a Cyclops? I think he should be. <laughs> I want to make Willem Dafoe he, a Cyclops. He's a Triclops. Ooh. Absolutely, Willem Dafoe is a triclops. He is still giant, though, right? Like, giant guy, three eyes. Yeah, um, big, big, big man. Big Willem Dafoe fucking around with Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yeah. Is he... Like, like, you're casting Willem Dafoe, you kind of want him to be a bad guy, or at least a kind of a scary guy, right? You want him to make Willem Dafoe... Like, it's Willem Dafoe. You want the face. Yeah. You want him to say the hard Osborne. Like, I ah, fucking go right. Willem Dafoe crazy. Right. And a Triclops, who is mad because his brother is more famous than him, has a lot of reasons to go nutso on a village. And he's like, wait a minute, it's Hercules. What if I murder hercules but we we do want him to be like a like a recurring character right we want to imagine him as a character who shows up more than once so we can't have it be like a character so evil and easy to dispatch that he just like shows up and is villainous and then uh they beat him and he goes away what if he's a stumble bumble and like he wants to be devious but he's very bad at it like he's like all right here's my plan I'm gonna shave all their sheep. <laughs> and then he shaves all the sheep, and everyone's like, oh, thanks, man. You saved us a bunch of time. <laughs> yes, if we can also, like, once in a while, have him be authentically scary. Like, largely, he's kind of incompetent, and so it's funny. But he also has, like, this this anger at his heart and this, like, Willem Dafoe-ness. So that it, like, you, d- you never want to kill him because you always want him to be better. But you also want to, like, keep an eye on him because it does feel like he could just, like, he could lose it at some point And it could actually be dangerous. And then we can have both, right? We can We can do the thing where we, like, have a fun, silly tone moment to moment. And a bunch of slapstick comedy, including involving Willem Dafoe. But we also get to have him make his scary Willem Dafoe face. 
and take the stake seriously. Unrelated to what you were saying, I would like that if his third Triclops eye was clearly just a prosthetic, and it, it never moves at all, it never blinks, but Willem Dafoe's normal eyes do blink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely, that's what it is, because it's not. It's a very low-budget show. Not a lot of money. <laughs> Blessed be. Is he more of a Xena character or a Herc character? I think he's more of a Herc character. That makes sense to me. And like, like the challenge isn't beating him physically, right? The challenge is convincing him emotionally to calm down and to like be normal about whatever like minor slight has set him off this time. And to get him some therapy, right? Um, yeah. Maybe in a literal way. Like, maybe you have a side character in the in the episode that he shows up in who, like, ends up, like, the resolution of the episode taking him on in a therapy, pra in, like, a, in, like, a, like, an anachronistically contemporary, contemporary therapy practice. He's in an office, and there's, like, a, what is clearly a, a couch... But he's like, oh, I'll stand because he's a fucking giant. Hold on. I'm going to Google something. Y you know what it is? The etymology. Go. It's, remember the first episode of Dave the Barbarian? Not in specific. Okay, well, it's the monster shows up and Dave wants to be a therapist. So he's like, how does that make you feel? And he's like, well, I always felt underappreciated. And then mommy took my nine-eye lanky. And then that happens, and then he's like, he's destroying the town. Like, Dave, he's destroying the town! And Dave goes, but now he knows why he's destroying the town. <laughs> Does Dave the Barbarian hold up? I feel like it probably holds up. It is as funny as you remember it being, but I don't think it does more than that. Okay, that's fine. I remember it being pretty funny. It's got the megaphone You're joke seen... in it. Everybody loves the megaphone <laughs> joke. You've seen nothing more than his wit, a microphone, <laughs> a squirrel. Okay, what? so Polyphemus is his brother what if his name is monophemus and so polyphemus <laughs> means many words monophemus means just like one word uh what if he talks a lot he just like they gave him that name um but he does talk a lot because they gave him his name without actually trying to understand him oh yeah willem defoe's like doing like he's doing some some real shakespearean like you're focusing on his camera and he's bringing it to the face and people are like god this mother talks so much yeah absolutely <laughs> like sam looks at him he's like listen okay i know you want to go big for the joke but the joke here is that you're a serious actor all right and willem defoe's like i got you i got you okay say no more say no more I'm gonna act <laughs> shit out of this scene <laughs> okay yeah do we want to give him one thing a piece yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's where we are. I would like if him and Herc bond over the fact that they have shitty godparents, because he's like, man, yeah, Poseidon's a shit dad, and Herc's like, let me tell you about Hera, and then they yeah. sit down by a fireplace and they trade tales, yeah, and then maybe he's like, so uh, Aphrodite, is she seeing anyone? And Herc's like, trust me, buddy, it's fucking, <laughs> it is not worth headache it. there. <laughs> I want to give him a really, like, like bitchy, petty, antagonistic relationship with Yolis. I think that he and Yolis just, like, snipe at each other all the time. Like, 
like not in major ways like obviously occasionally in major ways but i think like i think probably he like sees a lot of himself in eolus but eolus has way fewer anxieties about playing second fiddle to herc and he doesn't like that and so he like lashes out about it there's some good back and forth snide bitter banter between the two and then you get the episode where you know why and you're like oh man yeah exactly eolus is like give me a hug and then, and then it's like, too tight! Can't breathe! Shh, shh, Ellis, it's fine. Can't breathe! Shh! <laughs> Alright, and that is Monophemus. Yay! Monophemus the Willem Dafoe. I was gonna say Triclops, but I think the Willem Dafoe is funnier. Uh, Willem Dafoe is his own breed of mythical creature. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Um, this has been original podcast, Do Not Steal, a special Christmas edition. Next week will also be special Christmas edition. Um, you're getting two weeks of this. Join us next week when Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, but instead um, we talk about something that will be revealed at the start of next time. How very exciting. And excitement is something you need to build in an audience to get them coming back. And if the audience is coming back, you can get advertisers to listen. And once you get that, you have monetized the friendship. And Amber, that's the goal with the podcast. Let's sign them out. My name has been Amber Autumn. This has been Prince Devin. Um, our theme music was made by Kyle Alicia, whose work you can find on therealbragnarok.bandcamp.com. I'm so bad at plugging him. And we will see you... Later. Okay, bye. Time and space, bye. Merry Christmas, bye. <laughs>